You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Third down and 10 at the 11. Rattler, play fake, Rattler, dancing, squares, fires, touchdown Oklahoma, Marvin Mims, a talented freshman out of Frisco. This is BetQL Daily, presented by FanDuel, with the Joes, Joe Ostrowski and Joe Giglio, from BetQL. On Twitter, at BetQL Daily. Show presented by Fandle, Joe Ostrowski and Joe Giglio. 24 days away, Joe G. 24 days away. The countdown is on to the upcoming college football season. If you want to get prepared, listen to this show. And you also need to pick up Phil Steele's 2021 college football preview. Check out his website, philsteele.com. I, J- Joe G. holding his up. Right here. I have mine as well. Well, let's hear from the man. Uh, Phil Steele now joins us on BetQL Daily. Almost there, Phil. Almost there. Yeah, just 24 days away till we start getting some college football. And uh, I tell you what, guys, this year, so much more exciting than where we were at this point last year when we're wondering if we're playing college football, changing college, changing the schedules for the teams on a weekly basis, and uh, conferences canceling and then coming back. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so refreshing. And we'll have fans in the stands, full stadiums, can't tell you how excited I am about this football season. Oh, no doubt. And we are right there with you. I uh, wanted to ask you about putting together the preview this year. Uh, usually over the summer, we're talking about returning starters. But uh, you just alluded to it. We had the opt-outs. We had teams that just didn't play much football a year ago. Uh, was it a big challenge previewing 2021 for you? Yeah, probably a, a big part of the challenge came early on back in uh, January and February when teams didn't know who was coming back and who was leaving. And, we, you know, we reached out to each of the schools and like, well, we don't really know who's coming back, who's leaving. Turns out the majority of the players opted to return this year. So we have some very experienced rosters. Almost everybody has 15, 16, 17 returning starters. But as you mentioned, I mean, last year there were teams that played three games and there were teams that played 14 games last year. So, uh, you know, the amount of returning experience uh, is probably the one chart that's going to be the most affected this year. Phil, uh, when I first picked up the book this year, the, the one article page I, I jumped to was Surprise Team. And, and you, you have a pretty good history over the years, and you detail it here year by year at picking the surprise team or picking a, a group of teams. And, and, you know, hopefully one of those will be the surprise for people out there if they're looking for a win total or a future to bet on, you landed on Washington this year. We could get to them in a second, but just take me, take us through your process. How do you jump into deciding who might be the surprise team? What are you looking for in terms of why that team might be better than people expect? 
the the first uh, criteria is they cannot be a top ten team. And over the last eleven years, uh, in February, I forecast the AP top ten. And I believe in the 11 years, we have hit uh, 10 of 10 teams in the AP Top 10 seven times. And then uh, four times, uh, we missed it by one. So there's been four misses in 11 years. So pretty confident with the teams that I put in the AP Top 10. Now, you take a look at Washington. They won't be in anybody's AP Top 10 this year. But I think they have a shot at making the playoff, and that's what the list is about. As an example, in 2016, Washington was uh, not in the Top 10. They actually made the playoff. 2018, Notre Dame wasn't in the preseason Top 10. They were my number one surprise team. They made the playoff. Uh, And even last year, I took a a five-loss Texas A&M, made it my number one surprise team. And they came very close to making the playoff. Uh, it was between them and Ohio State on Selection Sunday. So, yes, a pretty good track record with the number one surprise team. Now, why I like Washington this year uh, is two-factor. First of all, I do like the talent. You look at their offensive line, averages about 328 pounds per man. They've got two veteran quarterbacks this year, including the Colorado State transfer, uh, Patrick O'Brien. Then you look at the running back core. It goes about six deep there. Good receiving core. And defensively, Jimmy Lake always produces a top-notch defense every year uh, that he's been there. The last two years, he's only had two and six returning starters. This year, he's got eight returning starters to work with on defense. So I think we've got a quality team. This year, I think home field edges will be a major factor. I believe that after missing out on football last year, Fans are not only going to return in large numbers, but also return with a great passion. And so I think home field is big. Well, if you look at Washington, their two toughest games this year are Oregon and Arizona State. They avoid USC and they avoid uh, Utah coming out of the south. Oregon, Arizona, or Oregon, Arizona State, their two toughest games. They get them both at home. I actually have Washington favored in all 11 games this year, so uh, or all 12 games, I should say, which is the reason that I picked them as my number one surprise team. Wow. Uh, it certainly makes a lot of sense. Okay, so you think Washington could make the playoff. Uh, after Alabama, Clemson, and let's include Washington, how deep is that list? How many teams do you think could make the playoff? Uh, I think you're looking at this year, legitimate playoff contenders. You've got, of course, Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, as you mentioned. Uh, I think when you look at the SEC, I'm going to throw out two more names at you. Texas A&M. Uh, which uh, they lose four starters on the offensive line. But talking to Coach Jimbo Fisher, he feels they're more talented of an offensive line than last year. In fact, the four starters they lost, they only lost one guy to the NFL. Coach Fisher feels that all five guys this year are NFL-caliber offensive linemen. So that's going to surprise you as A&M's offensive line. And they get Alabama at home on October the 9th. If they could pull an upset there, uh, then they would have a shot, great shot of making the playoff. Uh, Georgia has a good shot of making the playoff this year, and I love their schedule. You know, Georgia's schedule, you look at the SEC, they have three SEC road games this year with the Florida game being at a neutral site, and all three are against teams with first-year head coaches, Tennessee, Auburn, and Vanderbilt. So they're actually going to be favored in 11 of their 12 games this year. All their SEC games, they've got a great shot of getting in there. The Pac-12, I think you could take a numerous amount of teams from the Pac-12, like a, a Washington, a USC, even a Utah and say if they don't beat each other up, they can get there. So I, I think they're capable of getting there, a Pac-12 champ this year. Uh, the ACC, it's it's Clemson, but if you're looking for two others that might have a chance, North Carolina and Miami of Florida. And then when you go to the Big Ten, I think Wisconsin's got a chance this year. In fact, they're my number two surprise team. And last year they only averaged 3.9 yards per carry, which is 
atypical for them. They average five or six yards per carry every year. Well, they didn't have that feature running back last year, and they didn't have a dominant offensive line. The offensive line looks to be its old dominant self that you would expect. They've actually got four VHT running backs this year, led by Jalen Berger, who emerged late in the year. They also get into Clemson transfer and Chesma Lucy. Remember last year, Graham Mertz hit 20-21 in the opener and then got COVID, missed a couple weeks of practice. Wasn't quite the same after that. I think he'll be one of the better quarterbacks in the country. They've got a great defense, as always, at Wisconsin. And when you look at their schedule, their four Big Ten road games this year are all against teams that had losing records last year. So if they take care of business at home, and the big game for Wisconsin is probably Notre Dame in Chicago on September 25th, where they're a one-and-a-half-point favorite right now. Uh, Wisconsin's got a chance of being favored in all 12 regular season games. I know they have to run into Ohio State then in the Big Ten title game, but keep in mind that 17 and 19, when they played Ohio State in the Big Ten title game, they gave them a great game both times. Phil Heisman Trophy Market, 8-1, to one, Spencer Rattler. You can find him right now. He's the favorite on FanDuel. But we've seen this in a lot of recent years where someone kind of comes out of nowhere to put themselves either in the Heisman mix or to win the thing outright. If you had to pick a player right now that maybe is not on the national radar or we're not talking about him as a guy that might win the Heisman, but who knows? By mid-season, maybe we are having that conversation. Give me a player or two who's kind of on your Heisman radar but maybe not the favorite right now. Uh, I would have to go, uh, first of all, with uh, a real dark horse, uh, probably 20 to 1, I think, Keaton Slovis of USC. I like the way he led their comebacks last year. They have a lot of talent, uh, could be favored in the majority of their games. And if, if they were to run the table, I think he'd be a candidate. And then three guys that are all first-year head starters, and I'm going to the three big schools, you know, DJ Uyunglele of Clemson, Bryce Young of Alabama, and then C.J. Stroud of Ohio State. I know they just signed a true freshman who's going to compete with him as well. But any of those three quarterbacks would be good long shot bets because of the fact they haven't started before. But if they are the starting quarterback, which I feel all three will be, they're on an undefeated team that's contending for the national title, putting up big stats with a great supporting cast. They'd have a great chance of getting there. Uh, Phil, I wanted to go a little bit deeper down the board. I'm not saying that a Liberty quarterback could win the Heisman because a lot of times uh, it's a player that has a team in the playoff that ends up taking the Heisman. That's been the trend of late. But uh, Malik Willis, a lot of people talking about this quarterback. Uh, what do you hear from other coaches and what do you see on film? Well, you know, Willis is definitely, he's got, uh, if he was six foot three, six foot four, uh, he'd be one of the you know, top picks for the, the draft. He's six foot one, but here's a guy that, you know, he's, he's a dual threat in the, the purest of the terms. I mean, he will hurt your passing. He's got a 20 to nine or 20 to six ratio last year through for over 2000 yards and led the team in rushing. So he's, he's a guy that can uh, hurt your running, hurt your passing, very dangerous, led Liberty to an amazing 10 to one season last year. In fact, their lone loss, they missed a field goal in the last play of the game against NC state or would have run the table. Coach Freeze, very high on him, of course, heading into the year. Feels he's one of the best in the country, and he's got a great supporting cast. All 11 starters are back on offense. Uh, they have to play UAB and Ole Miss, both on the road this year, but they'll be favored in their other 10 games. And, you know, last year they proved that they're capable of pulling upsets. They, they almost beat all three ACC teams they faced last year. Phil, who's a team you're down on compared to uh, maybe some preseason projections or where they're ranked? A team that maybe the opposite of a surprise team, Washington, Wisconsin, that you think, all right, they might be good, but maybe not quite as good as people think. Yeah, I think Florida's probably going to enter the season uh, 
uh, going for a, a top, close to the top 10. I, I just saw ESPN's power rankings had him at 12 in the country. And, you know, I think Florida's got talent this year. Uh, almost, I talked to 110 of the 130 head coaches out there. Almost every coach has 16, 17, 18 returning starters coming back. Very few teams don't. Well, Florida's one of those teams. They only have five starters back on offense. They lose their quarterback in Kyle Trask. They lose their top wide receiver in Kadarius Toney, top tight end in uh, Kyle Pitts, uh, another top guy in Trevor Grimes. So they've lost a lot of firepower on offense, only have five starters back on defense. And last year their defense gave up 428 yards per game and 30.8 points per game. But I think what I don't like most about Florida this year is their schedule, as opposed to Georgia, which only has three true SEC road games. Uh, and Georgia, by the way, avoids Alabama, LSU, and Texas A&M out of the West. Florida has only three true SEC home games this year. They also draw Alabama out of the West. They have to play LSU in Death Valley, Georgia in Jacksonville, and they only get three home games all year. So I think they're going to have to go on the road and uh, beat a Kentucky, beat a Missouri, beat a South Carolina on the road just to finish second in the East this year. I'm not saying it's a bad year for Florida whatsoever. I, th- I think Florida's going to have a good season. Probably uh, I would have them favored in nine of their uh, 12 games, but I just don't see them up there at top 12, top 13 teams in the country this year. With Phil Steele previewing the 2021 college football season, philsteele.com, BetQL Daily, Joe Ostrowski, and Joe Giglio here. Uh, Phil, which coaching changes, head coach or coordinators, uh, do we need to keep a close eye on? Oh, that's, that's a good question. I think when you, you take a look at um, you know, some of the changes, I think one that's going to surprise some folks this year, maybe at Illinois. And here's why I mentioned that, because expectations are extremely low for Illinois. I'm not sure what the uh, over under win total is for them. But uh, when I talked to Coach Lovey Smith last year, going over the offensive line with him, he felt they had five offensive line, offensive linemen that were all capable of going to the NFL. And this year when I talked to Coach Bielema, he feels the same way. So they got a really good offensive line. Uh, and they've got a good quarterback, and this is the type of offensive line that Coach Bielema likes, a big offensive line loaded with NFL-caliber guys, and that's when he does his best work. So they've got 22 super seniors. He's stepping into a, a pretty good situation uh, in that coaching change. I think the best situation out of the um, the SEC of the new head coaches this year would be at Auburn because uh, Coach Harson is inheriting Bo Nix. If he can be the quarterback guru you expect him to be, they also have Tank Bigsby in the backfield, one of the best running backs in the country, my number eight linebacking core in the country. They're, they could be uh, a surprisingly good team this year. So th- those would be a couple of them to look at. Phil, so what, what, what's, what happens with Phil Steele the next couple of weeks here? Is this downtime for you before the games start? The magazine is out, right? Both Joe and I have it. The games are 24 days away. Does, uh, does Phil Steele take some time off to recharge the batteries for the season, or, or are you still grinding these next couple of weeks? Oh, yeah. July and August are like my vacation months. I'm only working about 50 hours a week doing uh, 8 to 10 radio shows a day, so it's like <laughs> being on vacation right now. Uh, once once the football season starts, starts so I'll be back to the 102 hours a week. So, uh, yeah, this, this is definitely vacation time for me. Uh, Phil, how can our listeners and viewers uh, get the magazine? I appreciate that. Uh, you know, you can get the magazine at uh, two locations, Barnes & Noble, 
and Books A Million. All the Barnes & Nobles have them. All the Books A Millions have them. Those are the two best places to go. If you're in Vegas, go to Gambler's Book Club. They have them as well. Or you can go online. And when you go online, you can get them at philsteel.com. That's S-T-E-E-L-E.com. And when you go there, you can actually order the hard copy and the digital copy at the same time. You save yourself 10 bucks. And we'll actually be updating the digital version all the way up to the first game of the football season with any transfers out, transfers in, players lost for the year. We'll have them circled on your pages. So it'll really be a nice thing to, to update your magazine with uh, once the season starts. So Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, Gambler's Book, Book Club, and philsteel.com. Perfect. Phil Steele, he's the man. Uh, Phil, we hope to catch up again soon, okay? Hey, sounds good. A lot of fun talking football with you guys today. Oh, that's terrific. Terrific stuff from Phil Steele on the Heisman, some futures with value that he likes. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a look at some of those numbers that he was discussing. All right, coming up next, NFC West favorites. We've got the Rams and the Niners. We break it down next. BetQL Daily presented by FanDuel.